Welcome to The People Part of Business, the podcast where we examine the ever-evolving landscape of company dynamics and the challenges within today's hiring climate. Today's HR teams are grappling with talent acquisition and retention in a wildly transformed landscape. Thanks to Peak 65, navigating remote and hybrid work, and succession planning during the Great Resignation. We'll be addressing these topics with some of the business world's top experts and thought leaders, getting their take on how senior leadership teams can emerge stronger and smarter amid these challenges. By the end of this conversation, you will come away with new perspectives and strategies that will help you and your team effectively manage your most important asset, your people. Hello, this is Anthony Horton from Corporate Relocation International, and welcome to the People Part of Business podcast. I've spent uh, a lot of time in my career within the human capital management space, uh, probably for the longest period with uh, ADP, which uh, most of us are aware of since they pay most, but something like 60% of Americans. And I joined CRI in the spring of 2020, of all times, in really the at the genesis of COVID, and you know, was uh, was really intrigued by not only this industry and how it intersected with a lot of my background uh, in the human uh, capital management space, but um, was really quite taken by CRI itself, both its unique model and structure, and I think more than anything, really this spirit of uh, what we now call service-obsessed, but truly kind of living the mantra of putting client service and employee experience first. And joining in the beginning of 2020, as I mentioned, was quite... uh, quite interesting in a mobility company that moved people around when people weren't leaving their basements. But it gave me a great opportunity to kind of dig deep into the organization and, you know, truly see where this this kind of incredible value that we bring that's very differentiated in the market and learn more about that and come out of that period really focused on articulating that to the market, to our current clients and partners and and definitely prospects and new clients, because uh, it really reconfirmed for me that we have something very unique in, in our ecosystem structure, how we approach the market, and really how we've kind of de-layered a lot of the supply chain in an industry that's very much based on supply chain management. And this podcast and the the concept behind it, uh, again, the timing is really quite interesting because since that initial period in 2020, as we really defined our place in the market, and I would say refined it as well in terms of how we're able to uh, articulate that value that we bring, we're at a time now when we're really as they say, you know, poised to spread the word and to ensure that we are sharing some of those unique differentiators and uh, those things that make us so different to a, a broader audience and a broader market. And as we talked about this podcast and, you know, how we could make it as 
effective as possible, but also as useful as possible to you know those within our very broad sphere of of interest. We um, we really wanted to make it less focused on relocation specifically, and really getting into interesting subjects and topics, interesting people to talk to from all sorts of backgrounds in you know, business and other industries, really to be able to provide useful information and thought leadership and tying everything back to the employee experience, which, of course, we have a specific interest in in terms of relocating employees, but really wanted to ensure that we're covering this whole sort of spectrum of interesting topics that just affect the people in organizations, the the employees in organizations. And I, you know, I'm really pleased. I think we've really uh, hit the mark with this podcast and had some interesting guests, but really been able to kind of bring it back to our world, but, you know, focus heavily at the end of the day on what employees are going through, what the whole sort of talent market out there is experiencing today and what we expect they are going to be experiencing in the future. I've always been involved in what I would call the service side of the equation in in the human capital management space. And so really being able to interact and set up structures that are very, very much geared towards elevating the service experience you know, whether it's in HR, whether it's in uh, relocation and mobility, or whether it's in things like payroll, whatever service you're providing has such a profound impact on people's lives because as employees, it involves their compensation, their careers, their jobs, their families. You know, one of the most important elements of people's lives is obviously their work life. And so, in the human capital space, anything you do is touching that very important element of their life. So you need to be precise, you need to be empathetic and compassionate, and you make sh- have to make sure from the service provision perspective that you are truly helping people. And then the other piece that really intrigued me in the human capital space was just technology. As with any industry, there are you know obviously huge technological advances over the you know over the course of the last couple of decades. But in the HCM space, it probably got a later start than some industries such as telecommunications and and uh, and other sort of markets like that. And so it was almost like be you know there is a a real opportunity to stay on top of technological innovation and bring new solutions to bear, new platforms to, to bear that really, again, enhance that, that employee experience overall and, and kind of fit into the service value chain as a result. I think that... There has been, in in multiple industries related to the employee experience, there has been a tendency to, I think, promote too many technology solutions that 
focus on employee self-service to a degree of exclusivity that employees and people using a service don't necessarily want. So where that really came from was as millennials entered the workforce and there was all the talk about Gen Y coming in, there was this, 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 you know, common notion out there, millennials don't want to talk to anyone. They want to interact through their phones, through chat, through email. So a lot of um, a lot of the the technological solutions that have been created have been around really creating self-service experiences for employees. And yet, you know, self-service is great up to the point that you're doing all the work. Um, so a lot of this, we've sort of pushed technology that provides self-service, but it creates a scenario where the employee using that service is actually taking on more of the administrative work that should be removed from that equation. And obviously, when you're talking about HR and human capital, you know, it sounds obvious to say it, but there is a real human element. And interaction and collaboration from a service perspective is really needed and important in any of those equations. And it's so interesting when I've talked to actual millennials about it, you know, what they've said is, yes, we want to be able to self-service when it's convenient and make thing, makes things more efficient and I can get them done. However, I also want live human expert support and assistance on an on-demand basis when I need it. So I think that the the companies that get it right going forward are going to find that, you know, that balance between efficient self-service and expert, live, on-demand um, support and service for employees in those situations where it's most valued and most needed. From the sort of employee mobility side of things, there have been drastic changes since COVID. So, you know, prior to COVID, there was significant immigration and work-related immigration. People were very comfortable with the concept of taking expat positions and moving to other countries. COVID really changed kind of the collective psychological state of a lot of people and I think uh, has created some reluctance to maybe, you know, jump at the next opportunity, move countries, move around as fluidly as people did prior to COVID. So you combine that kind of psychological impact with the fact that we kind of went through a period where countries themselves and borders closed or were more restricted. And while people have come back to traveling and global travel, we've definitely seen that um, from an international standpoint, it just isn't as like that that term fluid is really the best the best term. There is also a sort of global macroeconomic situation right now where you know there is a, a fair amount of uh, increased protectionism. And so as a result of that, you don't necessarily see companies setting up as many international sites or operations as they did before. 
And then you have this really interesting emergence of PEO companies. Um, one that we're partnered with is is called Globalization Partners that has really brought the PEO model that was really a U.S.-centric structure of hiring employees through a PEO provider and made those types of services available across the globe. So, you know, if I'm a leader and I'm thinking, well, am I going to am I going to send somebody over to this job in Tokyo or am I going to hire a team over there through an international PEO provider, you know, for cost reasons, for complexity reasons, I may I now have this other option that makes moving people around the world for their work a little bit less necessary. A people part of business takeaway. In the realm of human capital management, the synergy between relocation management and client service takes center stage, supporting the goal of an exceptional employee experience. Relocation management is an important contributor to this dynamic market bringing immense value by streamlining supply chains and fostering a unique ecosystem that puts people first. From an industry standpoint, human capital management is focused on surveying the big picture, drawing upon valuable insights that lead to optimal employee experiences, and taking into consideration the entire spectrum of factors that affect a workforce. The crucial roles HR, mobility and payroll services play dovetail into a people-centric approach impacting individuals' careers and personal lives in positive and boundless ways. In some ways, you know, some of the economic indicators would suggest that we're already in a recession, an inverted yield curve, which caused all the issues in banking, some of the slowdown, some of the things that have happened in the tech space. But then when you look at the labor force itself and the employment numbers, that isn't kind of following a typical uh, pattern that you see in a recession where you start seeing joblessness going up. You see the, you know, things happening in the tech space and people are picking up other roles. And I, th I don't think that that scarcity in the labor pool is going to go away anytime soon because you have peak 65 over the next couple of years, a whole wave of baby boomers retiring. You know, a lot of a lot of organizations haven't done the comprehensive work of fully planning for the exodus that's going to happen in that. And as a result, we think, you know, the, the labor pool is going to continue to be really strong. And so I think some of the I think really after COVID, we've started to see different factors in the in the economy. And I think we're going to have to get used to you know, for the past 50 years, a recession is defined as this. I would say right now we're kind of in a economic stall uh, with some factors indicating a recession or a definite deceleration and other factors remaining fairly strong. So it'll be interesting to see over the course of the next of the next decade, you know, do the key indicators and how we think about periods of economic decline, do they do they change in how we assess them and what their impacts are? I think AI is here to stay. 
innovation, you know, it's on uh, this this sort of, you know, curve of accelerating returns where you you never really go back. You continue to innovate more and it gets faster and more capable. So I think the ship has sailed on AI in terms of just the incredible ways in which the AI applications that are coming out now are truly able to emulate you know, human logic and research and now writing and creative processes. I don't subscribe to that view that it's a, you know the, 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 the scary matrix predictions that the AI computers are or computer is going to take over the world and this is the start of you know machines gaining superiority from us. Um, I think every technological advancement that has ever happened in human history, um, you know, in, in the industrial revolution, going back to the printed, printing press, there have always been sort of apocalyptic gloom and doom predictions about how the technology is going to call the downfall, sorry, cause the downfall of the human race. And I think that's a lot of the the buzz that we're seeing right now. I think AI is going to continue to become just incredibly useful for us and, you know, across business tools and our personal lives. And I, I think the benefits far outweigh any of the, you know, the potential concerns around it. At the end of the day, a business, an organization, a company is a non-tactile, non-real thing. It's something we all agree this is a an organization of some sort that is going to be uh, follow these rules and this structure and do this in a market. Uh, but it's all kind of a, a collective agreement, you know, like Coca-Cola is not a thing. It's it's a brand and a whole structure and things behind that. And the one thing that you really can't do without in a business or an organize any organizations that's trying to accomplish an objective or goal of some sort, you can't do it. You can't do it without people and you can't do it without continuing to to motivate, continuing to you know, work with individuals, both in challenging situations, whether there's, you know, conflict or whether you have to get past a certain amount of friction. And that whole concept of, you know, figuring out those dynamics between people and with people to make to make something successful where, you know, all of that collective investment and effort ends up, you know, moving the needle forward in terms of, getting to those goals. So I think that's always been at the forefront of, you know, of my motivations and learnings. For me, it's really being um, self-aware, self-critical, evaluating myself in terms of the situations that I'm in and how do I continuously learn to interact better, to lead better, um, and to get the most out of that kind of singular progression of uh, of of business goals or objectives or whatever you're going to 
as an organization by really focusing on that people element of it. And that starts to encapsulate everything about the business and those goals because you you know, you you start thinking about talent and you start thinking about how do we get these groups of people to collaborate and, you know, how do I consider the individual and the entire team in terms of trying to to lead that charge? It's it's fascinating, it's ever changing, and it's different in every in every situation. So you constantly get to learn you know, about self and about others. There's a little Canadian accent piece for you. (laughs) There are so many people that I've interacted with over time that I think have, you know, different qualities that I try to emulate or again, learn from or really respect. It's, uh, it's difficult to sort of center that into one person. I, in this podcast, we had, uh, we, I, I know that one of the interviews we did was with, uh, with Fran, with Fran Tarkenton. And uh, I've always enjoyed interacting with him because I think he has really taken the, the concepts of winning on the field, the concepts of teams and being a professional athlete, and brought that into the, the business sphere in a way that I've always found him very encouraging to, you know, hear his stories and translate his his uh, experiences as an athlete to the business world because it always comes back to those same elements, the people on the team, the attitudes of the people on the team, how you get those working together, how you continue continuously adjust and uh yeah, so I have I have uh, I have a lot of respect for what uh, what he's been able to do in terms of coming out of a, a career as uh, as an NFL or pro football player and really being a, a you know super successful entrepreneur and business leader. Favorite book is A Prayer for Owen Meany by John Irving. I just think it combines creativity, a really interesting story that holds you in suspense. And at the same time, it's kind of like a, a deeply, it's got deep pathos to it. And it's, uh, it's just a great book. My favorite author, however, is Pat Conroy, who wrote The Prince of Tides and um, Lords of Discipline and just his writing style is something that I I just, it's like art on a page. And so I love reading uh, anything that he had produced. I try to read two or three fiction books and then a nonfiction book. And I always try to make the nonfiction book something that's kind of outside of, of the business, business side of things, since I'm immersed in that every day. So what I'm reading right now, I'm actually almost finished it. It's a book called Psych. It's uh, written by a professor at the University of Toronto called Paul Bloom, and uh, it's really a very up-to-date, almost like Psychology 101 nonfiction work, but it really goes into sort of the latest thinking and discovery around nature versus, versus nurture with with genetics and and what we inherit and what we don't and some of the changing thinking around that 
and really kind of dives into items like uh, human consciousness and and that. So it's uh, I'm almost done it. It's a really it's a good read. Thanks for joining us today on the People Part of Business podcast. We hope you found our dialogue enriching and the insights valuable. These explorations enable us to examine the strategies, accomplishments, and obstacles companies face as they maneuver a constantly changing business landscape, while bringing us back to the best ways to manage the most important asset they have, their people. Because when people thrive, businesses thrive. Subscribe to our podcast to stay in the loop about our upcoming episodes.